Glory be unto God. We give ourselves so that God can use us. The desire of most people is for them to be used of God. The desire of God is for him to work in and through us. But those desires will not manifest unless or until we surrender ourselves to him. God has not made robots of you nor I. He will not force us to do or to be unless we are willing to. The chorus is a timely and hopefully an ongoing reminder that you and I, the redeemed ones of God, can give ourselves continuously to him. I would have loved for it to be a one-shot affair, but the truth be told, it's an ongoing daily process. And the scriptures reminds us that morning by morning, new mercies are available to us as if to bring us into that realization that our walk with God is a daily walk. If we were to look within the context of that day, we would have to say that our walk with God is a minute-by-minute, moment-by-moment affair. It's reminding the church of the wealth that we are blessed to embrace in God through Christ. You and I are not only chosen by God, but we are endued with the, the riches of his kingdom. We are called by his grace. We are raised with Christ Jesus. We are now seated with Christ in heavenly places. Amen. We are reconciled to God through Christ. And we have the victory that Christ has attained. We are victorious in Christ Jesus. Paul used within the text the word beseech to indicate that God in love urges you and me to live for his glory. He's urging us to live for his glory. He did not say, as he did in the Old Testament, if you obey me, I will bless you, because we are in a different era, aren't we? He's saying, I have blessed you, and now that you are blessed of me, we are encouraged to obey. I've already blessed you. You have responded to my blessings by saying yes to Christ. In your response to my love and my grace, 
He calls us now to obey him. He's calling us to unity within the body so that as members of the body of Christ, you and I can embrace the unity of the Spirit that is ours through Jesus Christ, the unity of the Spirit. If we're going to persevere in the unity of the Spirit, as we are called to do, we must possess the necessities that will enable us to be victorious as we persevere. The Christian grace that is available to us. And I noted in the Ephesians that there are several of those that the Lord would have me and you to embrace. Having that spirit of humility, or I was looking for lowly in spirit, as the King James would have us to understand. Humility that speaks of putting Christ first, others second, and ourselves last. Humility. It's the grace of humility that is needed, that is necessary, if as a body we are going to exhibit the unity. He speaks about us being meek. And may I point out here that meekness is not in any way referring to weakness. Meekness is power under control. We would often refer to this within the context of a stallion, a horse, that is meek and graceful as it moves. As you are well aware that a horse has lots of power within its legs. We still use with regards to motor vehicle as to the horse power in which they're driven. So horse has tremendous energy and strength, and yet with that bit in its mouth, it appears to be and it demonstrates meekness, strength under control. The word of God would also call us to Embrace the grace of long-suffering, which literally means long <laughs> in our temperedness. To not blow up, as most of us have a tendency of, of doing, that ability for you and me to endure discomfort without fighting back. Brings to mind the scriptures that says, if they take your coat, give them the cloak as well. If they slap you on one cheek, be willing to expose the other cheek as well. And we are also to demonstrate that grace of forbearance. A grace that cannot be experienced apart from love. And that's why, again, the scriptures... Remind us that now abided faith, hope, 
and love, but the greatest of them all is still love. Forbearance would not be possible apart from love. God would have us to display forbearance that is undergirded with love. Paul is describing, as you probably note here, some of the fruits of the Spirit as we find in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And he says the fruit of the Spirit is love. It's joy and peace. It's patience and kindness. The fruit of the Spirit is goodness and faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Because where love is, law ought to be void. Love is what enables us <laughs> to do what's right. And none of us like to consider ourselves as being a man or a woman who is void of love. But looking at our very acts would speak volumes to us and ought to drive us to our knees in confessing to the one who really matters how unfaithful and unworthy a sinner we are. Love. Someone several years ago declared, and it was penned, love God and do as you please. Profound statement indeed, and as we delve deeper into it, if one would, one would see how it indeed makes a whole lot of sense. Because there's no restrictions in love. God is saying, you love me and you're free to do whatever you please. Because your love for me will cause you, whoever you are, to make decisions that are in keeping with my will for you as well as for others. So he calls us to be forbearing, forbearing with others. And then we come across uh, this spirit of endeavor. And literally, it reads, being eager to maintain or to guard the unity of the spirit. This eagerness for you and me to guard the unity of the body. And if there's a time when the church needs to exhibit the unity, saints, it is now. There is such a divide. We have allowed the divide to widen. We have seen how the enemy of our soul, Lucifer, Satan, the evil one, the prince of this world, have mastery used the political affairs over the last several years among us as a people to bring about such a divide. We've seen people who were not getting exercise over the fact that their loved ones are refusing to say yes to Jesus. They were all right apparently with that, but who have gotten very much exercise, much in rage at times over loved ones within the very context of their own family who may display or even voice a difference in their political persuasion. There is a divide, and it's real. It's the elephant in the room. I recall some years, not too long ago, 
where it was not polite for one to ask of another, even within the context of the family of the church, who you vote for, or where is your political alignment. It was considered person's own affairs. Not so any longer. There is a divide not only in the country, there's a divide in the world. And God would have us as a body to be a people unified. And so I leave with you the words of the scriptures. One body, one spirit, one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.